we all need to make sure that we have no human interaction so that we're as dehumanized as possible when communism comes for us. Welcome to episode number 124 of Grumpy Old Benz for Monday, January 4th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the more things change, the more they stay the same. And from America's left coast, where I have to mention that the woke movement to dismember the English language is, in my judgment, a sign of a mental disorder. I'm Ryan Bemrose. <laughs> practice or at least a very good reading comprehension to i i, I practiced it in the mirror to my cat <laughs> well that poor a cat. woman a woman yeah i just think there's such a disconnect in people understanding language and that was schumer right that uh that's yeah that's <laughs> fucking retard i mean a like, man is not a masculine no, word it's, it's a hebrew word that <laughs> has nothing to do with gender at all but this is, you know, so ridiculous than to start pointing out that any word that has those letters in it, you know, any M-E-N comes a word. Well, that we have to we have to get rid of that word if there's an M-E-N in it. No, we just need to, you know, change. You know, here's what you do. You and and this is the the new uh, rules for the house for the next session, I guess the next two years, because the, the all Democrat panel have had decreed it that, uh, you are no longer allowed to have any gender specific references like man, woman, husband, wife. Uh, you, you have to make them all a gender references. You have to, you know, you have to change man or woman to person. In fact, I think I, it's not clear if they're going to do this, but under these rules, you can now be censured by the house. If you say man, or if you identify as female in the public statements, I don't understand. I don't get where gender became a bad thing to have one is <laughs> now. Uh... Have you seen Pelosi? Yeah, I think she's a lizard thing. I'm not sure. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to I mean, guess. If she her can't have a gender. No one can. <laughs> no agenda. That see, no, uh, <laughs> no agenda is probably the new podcast we should be doing. It's the no gender podcast. Something like that. I, the, I, I'm, I'm almost speechless at the pure idiocy of this entire thing. Yeah, like elected I, officials. I mean, I get, but the one thing that I will say is, I, I hope that they spend a long time debating this back and forth for the simple reason that, that means they're not passing shitty legislation because you know that with the house and, and possibly the Senate and Biden on their side, the Democrats have a really long list of awful legislation designed to violate the constitution and give it to Americans up the butthole that they're just going to ram through in the first 10 days in office. If if they ever get enough to to start pushing legislation again, the the best case scenario for anything Congress does, and I'm not I'm not excusing Republicans because every time you know back what what was it when when Bush was in office about fifteen twenty years ago and he got a 
full Republican Congress and yep. they started pushing shit too. I, I'm sorry. The best case scenario for Congress is when they're endlessly bickering and not passing terrible legislation. Well, it's um, going to be four really interesting it, years because in two days, Joe Biden's going to find be a dark out he's winter. not really president and Trump's going to have will, four more years. And uh, <laughs> that that will, in fact, be awesome. That would, uh, I um, mean, you really want to talk about the Great Reset. That would uh, that would probably do it. But uh, before we get into that, it is Monday. So I need it is Monday. So I need to let everybody know over the holiday weekend, Chicago, 30 shot, five killed. So. Oh, so slow weekend. Yeah, it's a slower than normal. People are probably having fun celebrating the new year. And we uh, we are we are now four days into the new year. And uh, despite the fact that it is cloudy and windy and, you know, generic winter storms here where the idea of going outside is just unpleasant. And yet the uh, quote unquote fireworks that I'm hearing from from my perch have not slowed down well so either a lot of angry people shooting each other or i'm choosing to believe it's fireworks which i think is more likely oh it's all celebratory because bitcoin's back down to 31 4 so uh there's that uh, but I, you, know, you should have bought at the peak if you uh i should have bought at 3500 but I, I just thought that was too far gambling because i saw it go up to eighteen thousand, then down to 35 and I do believe it'll eventually bottom out again. But, you know, it's like it's like going to Vegas. You ride the hot streak. I get it. But I mean, everybody is on a hot streak. I mean, today uh, I've heard from uh, my mother-in-law, my mom and us. I mean, twelve hundred dollars in the checking account free from the government. Right. Uh, in theory, <laughs> although um, I hate to burst your bubble. Oh, it's no. not free. It's not free. What do you mean? Oh, They're sending it's, me it's free money. Enough. I mean that your taxes are going to be going up by uh, what, what was it? It was like forty three hundred dollars a person. But no, they sent six hundred per person free. Uh, no, no, that's it. Turns out that's your money. <laughs> it, it already was. This is like a bad payday loan scam. They, they stole it. Yeah, like yeah. I mean that's that's kind of how it, and and the problem, of course, is that it works because. A lot of people out there look at this and be like, we love the government. They're giving us free money. And nobody really realizes that what happened is they stole, you know, they steal 10,000 of your money and then you're fucking ecstatic when they give 600 of it back. But the reality is here too: $600 per person is nothing. I mean, I don't know who this is really helping. Is it? Is it just me or is it creepy as fuck when they have direct access to your checking account without anybody asking? I mean, I get it because you have to give them that information because when I, the last I stimulus didn't give rolled them anything. around, well, you My did bank might have given them something. Well, you did your taxes. I mean, that's the only way you could do it. Yeah, if you I, did your I taxes, sent a fucking check. Well, then they shouldn't have it. I mean, because that we <laughs> had to then go in uh, and, and provide that information. So your wife may have provided it for me. And by the way, happy birthday to yeah. your lovely wife. I mean, she's celebrating. Yes. Another year. Happy birthday to Dame Lisa Bemrose. And uh, I'm sure you're either. What do you I was going to say? Are you making her a nice dinner? But I know that's that would never happen. So you picking up some uh, food we, or we might be ordering a nice dinner from the Irish place down the street. Oh, yeah. They, has has a fantastic shepherd's pie. I know I, I we live in you know Ireland central here. You would think in the Chicago area because we have a lot of Irish pubs and none of them in the air. I think there's one or two I found downtown that do the shepherd's pie made with lamb, but all of these morons, they Americanize this stuff. 
and they make shepherd's pie with ground beef. And I'm like, okay, well, do you understand? And, well, it's of course it's cheaper, but then you have to call it. There's another word for it. I'm, I'm blanking on it, but the concept of the name again, words mean thing, you know, shepherds are the ones that go out and herd yeah. sheep and lamb. Uh, they don't, well, they, they don't herd cows. cows. Now. They do but, not herd cows. There's no you, cow I, shepherds. You, you ever heard of cows? Moo. Yeah. Cause there's a herd of cows. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of? Cow- yeah. Nice. But there are no yeah, shepherds but, associated with cows. Uh, there's, there's no such thing as a bad pun. They're just misguided. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They should all be locked up. The, uh, the, the but it has to be made with lamb to, be, to a proper shepherd's pie. Otherwise it's an abomination folks. And I understand it's cheaper, but you know, offer it. And if it, it, I, it, and with the right spices, it can be a very tasty abomination. That's the only thing that really matters to me. But yes, the, the local Irish pub here that we've been patronizing is uh patronizing. Wait, which one? <laughs> one's good. I, one's I know. Bad. I know patronizing is what I do to everybody, but which one is the one that says I'm actually giving them money for services? Uh, patronizing, I would guess. Okay, sure. It's just like they, Patreon. You know, I mean, that's that's the same root word to I mean, again, words mean things, I guess. Amen. A woman. Well, I guess if you get as far away from Ireland as you can get here and on the left coast, then the people who really care about it will go all out to make it authentic because uh, they also serve it with honey butter and soda bread. And uh, I mean, they, they, you know, their handmade soda bread is really good, too. I'm oh, it's trying is. to make you jealous. The Irish food is awesome. I mean, that's why I mean, we buy the Irish butter. There's a couple different uh, companies that make that. Just never mistake it for English food, which is all basically <laughs> made of plastic and lard. Yes. I mean, the, and I think they're getting better when it comes to the UK, but we were very pleasantly surprised when we went to Ireland uh, a little over 10 years ago now. But the food was absolutely delicious. And uh, it's a beautiful country. I mean, until. They all go completely socialist and all that. But I, I just wanted to start out by uh, reading a paragraph from the top story that was on CNN, because I just want to show again. I mean, everybody, I think, that listens to Grumpy Old Ben's understands. You, you really wanted to start the show out on a low note reading from <laughs> CNN. I get it. Yes, I think everybody understands the media bias. But I just wanted to remind everybody how biased the major news networks like CNN are, which is covering Trump's phone call with was it the governor from Georgia saying, yeah. hey, find me secretary of state, the secretary of state, find me the vote, which everybody really went. Well, one side went ape on it. The other rational side went, yeah. well, this is what you would say. So if, yeah, I, mean, like, if you, I knew you guys, you guys went out and found Biden a bunch of votes back in November. Right. You know, on on the right off the printing press go find me some now and that's not saying do anything um below board i mean i've worked retail you've worked retail now if you're doing inventory and you come back with the list and your boss is like uh you're missing you know ten thousand widgets go find me those widgets that doesn't mean i I absolutely (laughs) understand what it means It, it 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 actually well i don't know what you mean by above board but hey i there's every election when you have a recount. It's like, no, we didn't make any more ballots. We just found them. Like here, there was a box of ballots just sitting under the table. We didn't even know was there. Somebody accidentally kicked it. And it turns out every one of them was for Biden, but didn't have any other races filled out. Yeah, 
That's what you mean by finding ballots, right? Well, there's finding on make up new stuff and let's find things that weren't counted already. And the same, I mean, this is the beauty, I guess, of the English language, because the same exact language could be used for go get the accurate results. You know what I'm saying? It could be, you know, find where these shenanigans happened, find where these errors happened and find me the vote. So the concept that he was out and about saying for them to do anything illegal or dishonest is absolutely nuts. But CNN can't cover a story in any other way than to be that Trump is the criminal. And the headline, Trump's bid to steal Georgia exposes (laughs) GOP election ruse. How dare you try to take what we rightfully stole? Yes, that is kind of it. It's like, well, I stole this from you and then you can steal it back from me. But that's wrong. But this is out of Washington, CNN. Astonishing new evidence of a desperate President Donald Trump caught on tape trying to steal the election exposes the depth of his corruption and makes his Republican Capitol Hill allies complicit in the bid to thwart the will of the voters. I counted three adverbs and four (laughs) adjectives, all of which were emotionally charged in that one sentence alone. And that's the first paragraph of a news story, kids. That's CNN. Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) It is bad. I mean, it's it's really getting astro. It's kind of like as Bitcoin has gone up from thirty five hundred to, you know, thirty, whatever it is now on that. That's kind of how my faith in any kind of journalism has moved in the downward direction because it used to be, well, you know, you could read CNN and you knew they were biased, but you could find some truth in the stories, you know, not anymore. That's gone. And I understand, you know, you could say Breitbart's on the other side. Drudge is definitely in the full libtard mode. There's, uh, you know, MSNBC full libtard mode. The K News, which is just an aggregator, but that's a Murdoch thing. That's kind of balanced, but it's the the bias on both sides is just getting to such an extreme that it is hard to find any kind of rational reporting i mean we are better journalists than than most of the people on cnn at this point and anybody who calls me a journalist needs to be punched in the face <laughs> yes or at least we're trying to be rational and we're and looking at something like this and going i mean there's two sides fighting this right now and it's really interesting because the people on the left will swear to you. And I think they may believe it that no, this was a completely fair election. Nothing was weird at all. There was no inconsistencies anywhere. And then there's people on the right, including a lot of people that I respect, you know, including Newt Gingrich, uh, Bill O'Reilly, who's still a pretty good journalist in my book saying, you know, it seems like there was a lot of voter fraud going on. Not that you can prove it, but it seems like when you look at the numbers, again, you were the math major. You look at these numbers and you then look at those numbers in up against, you know, previous years. You look at the numbers in the one county in Pennsylvania as, you know, compare that to the county next to it. And you go, well, in years past, is the same pattern emerging here? And if the answer is no, then you really should look into it. And that's where I think the, Republicans are at least in being a little bit smarter right now, because for a while, it seemed like they were just saying, screw Trump. We want nothing to do with this. But maybe they're finally figuring out this is going to affect them moving down the road. 
And at the very least, I'm not saying they can do anything to prove this at this point, but you go, okay, Joe, uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to take these electoral votes and we're going to certify them. But if you want us to do this without the big dog and pony show, we need to create a commission or whatever it is to look into voter fraud in this election and moving forward. And only a politician that wants voter fraud wouldn't say yes to a, you know, and, and, and that's pretty much every politician uh-huh. in, in this, in this particular year, it is definitely all of the ones on the left. Uh, the, the politicians on the right at the moment are all crying out how they want honest elections, which of course they don't, because I guarantee if, if the tables were turned the other way, every one of these idiots with maybe three exceptions would absolutely say there was nothing wrong with the election. If it went their way, that's the nature of politicians and they all need to be thrown in a volcano. See if that can solve our problems. But why um, why would you do that to a poor volcano? The volcanoes around here are neither poor nor (laughs) do they deserve your, your quarter. Um, At this point, um, despite the best efforts of big tech like Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, at this point, if you, if anybody who denies, who says there is no fraud is either in on it or is a complete moron. I, there, there are, there is no middle ground at this point. And I, I guarantee there are a crap ton of voters of, of, you know, people on the left who are willfully ignorant of any kind of fraud. They refuse to look it up because their guy won. And therefore they just, I mean, this is all my neighbors at this point, their guy won and they don't want to look too closely because they're afraid that this wonderful thing that's been handed them could possibly go away. But it, it when, when somebody says that in the media, whenever I see some idiot stand up in front of a podium and say there was no fraud. I'm like, okay, you are either on the take or you're retarded because with that kind of acting, you could be on the take. Yeah. And every election has fraud. We know this. It's only a question of how much. And in this case, the people that are seemingly the people in the know, you know, the, uh, the academics that look at this, who, you know, who aren't total leftist loons, are going, you know, there's enough here to look at, you know, there's enough here to start an investigation and maybe the investigation won't find anything. And maybe weird things just happened across four or five states. And this was just a one in a million election. But, you know, it it wasn't. And it wasn't just four or five states. Those just happened to be the ones where it really mattered. Um, You know, it's as Billy Bones pointed out last on Friday. Um, you know, there is there was election shenanigans going on in this this left coast state over here where Jay fucking Inslee won re-election in a landslide. And I honestly believe that he would have legitimately won re-election. But I started digging in and yeah, there's still evidence that some assholes were stuffing the ballot box. Why would you need to do that in a place that swings so heavily to the left? I, I honestly think it's just reflex at this point. It's like, well, of course we stuffed the ballot box. That's how we've been in power. Um, you, you made me think of, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to preface this going, I have no evidence of this. And, 
well, you know how the that works. Um, what if the most, I mean, what if the most devastating thing that could possibly happen to the Democrats is doing so right now, which is that the general public are finally waking up to the idea that, you know, our elections might not be honest. And this going forward for the next 10 elections, this could be the most destructive thing to the Democrat political machine that has ever happened is the idea. Like what if there's actually, you know, the the nation isn't evenly split. What if it's actually 40% Democrats and, and 60% people who actually give a crap about freedom and, and the constitution and living their lives without uh, having socialist rhetoric pumped in their asshole. Uh, What if, Democrats are really a, a much smaller minority. And the only reason they've been getting 50% of the vote on average is through pure sheer fraud. And if we cleaned that up, suddenly the whole party would fold. I believe I that's know. very possible when it comes down to it. I mean, again, I li- we all live in our own bubbles, but I don't know a whole lot of people that are full on Democrat in the way that uh, that go along with the socialism with the aoc with you know going down the i mean there's there well, are good democrats sometime i can introduce you well i'm sure there's a lots of them in seattle but i do believe there has been election fraud going on for a long time and i mean i'm not naive enough to be like well they're the only bad side that ever thought of cheating but i do believe no, that if, the ideology if, if, if circumstances were different, we'd be having the same conversation about the Republicans in election fraud. I, I, I'm not, I, I, de- you know, I definitely show my preference over the last, you know, hundred something episodes of this. Uh, and it's pretty clear that it, being in a place where there are no Republicans in Washington state, at least not in Western Washington, and everything that goes wrong is being caused by Democrats. I'm definitely finding myself biased. But at the same time, I don't sign on as a member of a party. I'm, I'm not, you know, my team should win. I am, I am team constitution all the way. And right now at this moment in time, uh, the Republicans are standing by looking like idiots, you know, variously helping or hindering. Um, but the Democrats seem to be presenting a united front that they want to tear down everything we've built in this entire experiment on creating a free country and so yeah fuck those guys well and it's all based on bull crap emotion nothing to do with logic which is also one of the clear lines between the two sides at this point i don't know if it's always been that way i don't really think it has but at this point that seems to be one of the lines in the sand which is the democrats you were you can't have a debate with most people who would consider themselves a liberal Democrat because they're just going to scream and yell like they have been. I mean, when Trump got elected, oh, I tried. Wasn't that like one of the first weeks into this, uh, the Trump presidency where there was a protest where they all just went outside and screamed into the air? And we were like, yeah, I don't yeah, get it. We got some fantastic memes out of that. Uh huh. I don't there, get it. The, the one, the one person at at Trump's inauguration who was, you know, putting her face up in the air and screaming out. She she has become a permanent meme. And I I don't I don't know if she regrets what she did or not. I, I definitely haven't seen any other evidence that she wants to be public ever again, and I wouldn't blame her for that. But 
but that one meme of of the one uh, libtard putting pointing her face up at the sky and just screaming in anguish is uh well i mean you know pepe goes a little crazy about that sort of thing well yeah but the left is the one yelling about oh we want to you know well, not really uh the left i mean biden pretended he wanted to you know make this i can't tell his left from his right i know i, I mean know. I, i'm I'm not gonna feel sorry for him because it's pretty obvious he's been a career criminal for even longer than he's been in congress but anybody but, that's gonna try to argue that the left hasn't stoked hatred over the last four years plus is <sighs> nuts no. is nuts <laughs> you know the, no, the evidence it, is there I I posted last week. Uh, you, you, we we talked about the the Shia LaBeouf, uh, who was one of the first people that went the first examples that I ever saw of Trump derangement, which was uh, pretty much immediately after Trump took office, and he started the "He will not divide us" campaign. And uh, I I found a Photoshop of that one that I really liked that that somebody rearranged the letters on the wall behind him said "He will not inside us." <laughs> which is of course juvenile and hell- fucking hilarious that's all i'm saying but it is and the division is serious at this point and again it's the old guy thing to say back when i was a kid i know i've said this a few times at grumpy old ben's it was usually yeah it's something old guys say because old guys have perspective yes and we have experience and we remember when the government used to actually kind of work for about three years out of the you know every four and then they fought for a year over the presidential race. And then they got back to doing the business that was allegedly for the good of all Americans. And this was never a big left right thing. I mean, there were people that were Republicans and Democrats, sure, when we were growing up, but the division was never there like it is now. And there's a lot of reasons why it is. And a big part, there's no question, is about the internet. Whether it's social media, just the way people communicate now is they they are playing this as a team sport rather than something that should be. Well, we just have different points of view, but we're all Americans and there was more that was uniting than dividing. Right now, we're definitely in a point in time where there are more things dividing than uniting. And I think that can get fixed, but I don't know how or when. Well, it will require uh, a significant rethinking about this whole social media thing because divisive messages create more clicks. And uh, Facebook and Google have been a a big 20 year experiment in machine learning and and have determined with a high degree of psychological probability that the best way for them to maximize their ad dollars and the amount of of attention that they can wring out of you and and sell to the people buying ads is to feed you messages that divide you that feed your preconceived notions because that will keep you on a lot longer than anything that could possibly challenge your ideology um you know i I've, I've been reading a number of articles about uh the epistemological crisis in america you're familiar with this it's Uh, religious crisis you're talking here uh i may have used the wrong word but the crisis of we don't know we can't know the right thing because left and right have different facts is effectively what it means oh yeah oh there's no question Um, and uh yeah i definitely the wrong word but whatever 
Um, you'll you'll figure it out. Go look at it. Go look at it. look. You know, read a book. Anyway, um, the, we're we're having a crisis of of we can't we don't all know the same things, and it it the articles I read frame it as a you know everybody is is baking and in marinating in their own facts and their different facts, and therefore you know two people from opposite sides of the spectrum can't get together and have a rational conversation because they have different facts and i i i want to refute that because you're not getting facts when you are being presented that okay first of all the reason that people from opposite sides can't have a rational conversation is because nobody is being taught rationality nobody fucking understands what a rational conversation is and you know the moment three words have been spoken you end up with emotionally charged ad hominem shouting at the other person and no rational conversation isn't really possible. So you want a rational conversation. You have to start with rational people. And it turns out that our academic institutions are not turning those out anymore. So it's pretty fucking hard to find them. But the, the crisis of not being able to know things and, and having different facts that uh, it, only can exist. If, if you have already warped the word fact beyond recognition because what we actually have is social media uh and uh, driven by algorithms which for lack of a better word are truly evil but it's it's the kind of evil you get from unconstrained greed that is not tempered by any kind of human activity the evil algorithms are gaslighting the public everybody who goes in and believes you know they get their information from facebook and facebook alone and they believe that the people on facebook wouldn't tell them wrong and so that's what they're shown well that's great and there probably are real people telling them that because there's enough people to tell everybody everything but facebook is not showing you the post that challenges you facebook is only showing you the posts that agree with the narrative that they want combined with your preconceived notions because they have determined algorithmically that that's what keeps you on the most twitter exactly the same thing why did twitter abandon the chronological timeline so that they could put an algo in to show you the facts that they wanted you to have this is not a crisis of of people in different places are getting different facts because it turns out that if they're actually facts, then one side or the other, you, you can't have conflicting ones. They, that's not how facts work. Right. But massive gaslighting by these social networks. And and then it, it combine that with with, you know, just bald face censorship of things. Once people start to realize that is where the evil in the world is. That is where the concerns are. Am I ranting and you just stop talking or am I just that fascinating? Well, the, well, that's where the manipulation is coming in. As we talked about, we read that first paragraph of the top story on CNN right now. And for a major news network that back in our day, you know, just 20 years ago or so would be focusing on fact and then maybe there would be some opinion in there and it, it's flipped. So rather than being mainly fact with maybe a little opinion, you now have all opinion. It's not based on any real facts. And even though everybody you could say that tunes in to CNN are getting the exact same programming, which is true when it still comes down to, you know, CNN programming and Fox, is right. You get the same programming. 
Although, I mean, you can already tell with the bias because I've had enough of it where I know the minute I go to CNN that it's in my mind already. This is probably going to be a lie. So if CNN actually told the truth about something, I understand I would probably think that's a lie. So that's an interesting part of the dimension A, dimension B. The social media aspect of people getting news on social media, we shouldn't be surprised by this because people were getting their news from late night comedians first. So it shows people are really stupid when it comes to where they're going to choose to get their news from. But and and you should all be getting your news from podcasts, obviously. Of course, that's definitely where you want to be getting it from. But that's the interesting thing with social media is that I don't think a lot of people even stop to consider how different of an experience that Twitter is, that Facebook is, you know, for a lot of these, like you said, with the algos, they're completely different experiences for different people. So if you're on Facebook and you're a staunch conservative and you're liking, you know, I like Newt Gingrich, I like Glenn Beck, I like Bill O'Reilly, and you're liking all the conservative stuff and all your friends are conservative. Well, the news you're getting on Facebook is conservative. They're not going to show you the well, right up news. until you're banned from Facebook well, until you're banned. Right. Which is where you would like to be anyway. So that's fine. But you don't realize that this is a very nefarious concept when it comes down to different people being fed different news based upon their bias. This is the ultimate mouse slash rat. Well, Nick, Nick, the rat in a big maze. You know, we got to get you the cheese. This is all no Nick, Nick is it don't don't lump him with <laughs> win with that. Nick the rat has far better news stories than anything you find on Facebook and Twitter, and he makes them up. Yes, yes. And uh DigiGuru is pointing out CNN has been frantic lately, which he's like they're screaming, yelling, they're deranged. This also kind of leads you to believe that something really interesting might be happening over the next few days. Because this is something interesting is going to happen. For example, uh, two days hence on Wednesday, uh, there is going to be the, you know, we, we've seen the protests from the various people all summer. This is going to be the protest from the other side in Washington, DC. And I think it's going to be pretty fucking huge. And, I, I'm not going to be there, but I, I because it's too fucking far away. But I would be there in spirit. Um, yeah, it's good. Something's going to happen. I'll tell you that much. Well, it's interesting because I just watched the documentary on the life of Shane McGowan, the leader of the Irish punk band, the Pogues. And they were talking a little bit about the history of Ireland. And we all know if you've well, I say we, I say that like people still know history that the Irish and the English have been at war more or less for a long, long time. The IRA, which is not a real, I mean, I'll say that in the, I don't want to offend the IRA, um, but they're not an no, organized army. They're a, uh, you <laughs> no, know, they, you don't, you'll get some packages at your house. You don't want. <laughs> yes. But they are the one, you know, we're fighting for the Irish independence against the British folks. And there's a lot of bombings that would be happening. and. Uh, You know, Shane made a comment about, you know, why the IRA, why this was successful was because, you know, the British, he's like, normal people cannot handle the chaos and the IRA, they, you know, they got what they wanted 
because of chaos. And you see this is kind of playing out now with the Antifa. I mean, I think the IRA had a very legitimate cause. You know, they didn't want to be under British rule now, but using the same type I of can things. Relate. Yeah. Things right now. This is what the Antifa, this is the people, Black Lives Matter, you know, international out in the streets, rioting and looting. These are the things, the same damn things that they're pulling. And as we already heard, allegedly, you know, the Supreme Court didn't want to hear these cases because, oh, there's rioting in the streets. It's like, yes, when you can't handle the chaos, you're going to lose. If you're afraid of the chaos. why, Why don't you go ahead and piss off the other side and let's see what their riots look like. Thanks, Supreme Court. Uh huh. Bucks. Well, and that probably is what it's going to come down to. Then I don't know what their answer is going to be because, uh, you know, as of yet. Well, John Roberts is clearly a swamp creature. His answer is always going to be let's go ahead and maintain and defend the status quo for the elites who are already in charge, the, the war hawks, the people who think that that's sending billions of your, your tax money overseas to go bomb brown people in sand is is a worthwhile choice it it, uh it uh, fuck every one of the deep state fucks god it's pissing me (laughs) off i don't you're you know mad chuck in the troll room is pointing out that children died because of ira bombs and that's true and this is anytime you're doing bombings i hate to tell you there's people that are going to get killed or injured that you don't want it is a side effect of violence yes you know digi guru also in the troll room if you're not in the troll room when we do these shows live monday and friday at 9 a.m bemrose time 11 a.m central or noon eastern you're missing out it points out that a lot of this is the bill airs playbook and i'll just tell people once again you should do your homework on the weather underground i've mentioned it way more times than i probably should on grumpy old ben's but there's a no, lot you you can't really mention it too many times because <laughs> there's a lot that's explained there Especially when you know that when Barack Obama was anointed as the guy they wanted to push for president, you know, where did they have the little soiree? Oh, it was at Bill Ayers' house, you know, back in Chicago, back before Obama was anything. So don't tell me this is just a coincidence that this guy's writings back in the 60s and 70s point to, again, things like make the police the enemy. They have a whole manifesto where they won't even say the police. They just call them the pigs through the whole thing. You had to turn the rich against the poor. You have to turn the black against the white. And my God, man, that's what's happening. And, and, and just to be clear, making the police, the enemy is not, that's not the end in itself. They don't really have anything directly against the idea of policing in general, other than without police crime goes crazy. And when crime is crazy, people live in fear and fear short circuits, rational thought, and people are easier to control when they have no rational thought. It's the same reason why you manufacture a fake pandemic. It's the same reason why you announce that uh, a few, a small religious cult halfway around the world who barely has the technology to create a, you know, get a, a set of Toyota Rangers somehow are a threat to the United States because if if you can make people fear enough of it, they stop thinking and they start doing whatever it is you say. And it, it, making people fear crime in their own neighborhood is a really low cost way to control a population. Well, then how do you do that? You just raise crime. 
how do you raise crime? You call the police evil. You call them pigs. You, you know, do everything you can to make people hate the idea of law and order. And when they hate law and order enough, there won't be any. And now you can just cower in your home and do whatever we say, slave. Well, it's because police protect property. That was one of the things in the uh, Weather Underground manifesto. And as we we heard already uh, earlier on Grumpy Old Ben's a few shows ago, you talked about the Texas lawmaker and God love Texas. I doubt this will ever get passed. The, the Texas lawmaker that put the law out there that said, you know, if somebody breaks into your house, it's up to you to flee first. And, you know, if you can flee, then you just have to get out of your house and let them do whatever they want. Only if you're in danger personally, then can you shoot their ass. And that that's a that's called duty to retreat. And it's one of the most chicken shit policies that you can ever impose on a society. Yes. Which also means none of this. Again, this is a communist policy because this, again, goes down to not protecting your personal property. The commies don't believe in personal property. So that you, whatever you own, anybody should be able to walk into your house and take whatever you have. And you can't do a damn thing because you might hurt them. I mean, bullshit. We're, we're- we're getting that here in Washington too. There's, there's a number of people who are starting to really chafe at the fact that, that in Washington is a castle doctrine state, which is precisely the opposite. We're also a stand your ground state, which means that, uh, if, if somebody threatens you, stand your ground means if somebody threatens you on the street with, and you are, you honestly believe yourself to be in, in harm, you know, in danger, danger of your yes. life. Um, you shoot their ass and it's self-defense and that that is a positive defense against whatever kind of prosecution they might decide to bring. Um, Castle doctrine is even stronger, which is to say that if you are aggressive and you step one foot inside of the threshold of my home, anything that I do is legal period. And um, a lot of people are, are getting really unhappy that, that such things are, are on the, on the rolls for Washington. Um, for example, in Seattle, uh, I did not write down the name, but they're all, uh, they're all socialist idiots over there. Yeah. Um, there is a new law being pushed through Seattle. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this one. Um, all misdemeanors are, it, it will be a positive defense in Seattle to, for acquittal for any misdemeanor, um, or class, the whatever the lowest class felony is um to if you are poor or you have a mental illness then you cannot be prosecuted is is effectively what it means um this applies to assault harassment um a seattle times pointed out quote communicating with a minor for immoral purposes <laughs> um wait, wait you know and, and any property crimes theft uh and, and vehicular assault even i think wow um the there are special carve outs in the law. Drunk driving and domestic violence will not be included, but violence against anybody who doesn't happen to be in your family. Totally cool. Basically, with all of these crimes, if you get arrested, all you have to do is plead that either you're poor or have a mental illness. And what that means is that if you find yourself arrested in Seattle, uh, you may not even have to lawyer up. You just go to the court and assert. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm suffering from anxiety and depression, or or you know, here's another example of a mental illness in Seattle: alcoholism or drug addiction. Right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm 
I'm I'm addicted to oxy, and therefore uh, it, it was totally okay that I uh, you know punched this guy in his own house and then stole all of his v- valuables. Yeah, uh, it's that, nuts. That's apparently going to be legal in Seattle now. It is all nuts. It is absolutely nuts. But it all goes down the same line, and this is all the push for socialism and communism and things that we thought again twenty years ago. You'd be like, ah, this could never happen here. Because as crazy as people are, there was still the rule of law. But you're seeing that erode very quickly right now. And if there is no rule of law, that means you don't have any personal property. Anybody can just punch you in the face and there's not going to be any bail, even if they get caught, which they probably won't. But the penalty, if they do, is going to be nothing. They'll not even get a slap on the wrist. And, uh, you know, again, this is this is where we're headed. And it's all anti-capitalism. Because we know what happens to the stores. We talked about the shoplifting issues when it was made a, you know, basically, hey, as long as it's under a thousand dollars, you can take whatever you want. And it's not, you know, anything but a misdemeanor. So shoplifting went through the roof and it doesn't matter what the stores try to do. The stores end up closing because they can't afford to stay into business with that kind of a loss leader. And then you wonder why the food, you know, how the food deserts come up. When you have these poor neighborhoods that don't have a lot of grocery stores or, I you know, it's hard for them. It yeah, they can't make it because, well, now they're being robbed to death. And yeah. And and then it's you, you listen to some idiot on the street and, you know, of course, you know, local news will always interview the idiots and, and discard the footage of the people who know what they're talking about. But you get the, the local news interview of the idiot on the street going, well, they took away all of our food because they want us to starve as if it's some kind of big conspiracy that, yeah, we got rid of all of the supermarkets. No, the the way this works is that no supermarket wanted to be there because you have decided to make it impossible to do business. Right. Congratulations. Take your neighborhood back. Stop the crime. I mean, I don't care if you like the cops or not. Yeah. Stop the stop. crime in your neighborhood. Yeah. Stop the crime. Get rid of everybody at City Hall. <laughs> That's one way to do it. That would work in Chicago. That's the only way. Yeah, it would Chicago work. Chicago and Seattle are very much alike in that is that the crime starts at the top. Get rid of the people in City Hall. You will get rid of 90 percent of the crime that you're seeing on the streets. I you, thought it was I thought it was interesting that Newt Gingrich was making the point when it came to uh, Facebook and the the effect that it had on this election in 2020 that he thought the whole Facebook interference was enough to possibly get an overturning of the election. And it's it's interesting when you look at because there's a lot of voter laws and there's a lot of things. Uh, I guess there are laws about being able to very pinpoint spend money or something. I didn't really even understand what, the whole yeah, thing. I was going to say, what what's the rationale for overturning the election on that one? I'm actually I'm I'm, it, it's, I'm interested. Yeah, it seems like there was something. I mean, I have to find the whole uh, quote from Newt, but it was something that you're not supposed to be able to like within a state, you know, go, Hey, I'm only going after this neighborhood, this street, you know, whatever it is. Because I absolutely think that that is, is grounds for arresting Mark Zuckerberg and seizing (laughs) a large chunk of Facebook, which of course won't happen because he's an elite and rules for them, but not for you. But if the world was fair and the rule of law were still a thing, then Mark Zuckerberg would be facing trial criminal trial right now for that shit. Um, however, I, I, I mean, there are so many reasons why the election results that, that are being reported in the media are not valid and should be discarded. 
but I don't know. I, I, it'd be interesting to see the rationale for why that's one of them. This is uh, from an article in the Washington Examiner today. It says former House Speaker Newt Gingrich called the 2020 election the most corrupt election in modern times and accused Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg of working. And this is from to somebody old enough to Democrats. remember Nixon. Yeah. So, I mean, think about that. He says, I think the Democrats focused on the election where Republicans focused on the campaign. The Democrats didn't care if Biden never campaigned. They were going to generate votes and turn out the votes. Uh, So this is uh, he's like, when you go around and look state by state, the results are fascinating. I think they raised real questions about exactly what happened. I personally believe this was the most corrupt election in modern times. And, and, uh, and like I said at the beginning of the show, the the best thing that could possibly come out of this is that people don't trust elections anymore. And there are going to be some sweeping, massive reforms that will. Uh, it, well, in, in, in a just world, there will be sweeping, massive reforms to try to restore the faith in elections that make it a lot harder to steal an election. And one of the side effects might be the complete and utter destruction of the Democrat Party. Uh, let's see. Gingrich goes on to I say that he believes uh, this was in a direct violation of voting law. So here's where the interesting stuff comes in. He says, let's take the one example of Zuckerberg and Facebook. They put 400 million basically renting city governments and getting them to maximize turnouts and precincts that they couldn't carry, which is a direct violation of the 2002 Voting Act by Congress which says that you have to have a fair effort across the board. You can't just select areas you're going to try to maximize turnout in. So I think just the $400 million that Zuckerberg put into maximizing Democratic turnout by itself is a big enough corruption that it raises enormous questions about the legitimacy of the Biden potential presidency. I like that, the Biden potential presidency. Yeah, his ass isn't president yet, and <laughs> I still don't think it will be. So this is, I mean, there, this is where the uh, the interesting thing's going to come over the next few days, because there does seem to be a decent amount of elected politicians that are jumping on board this kind of a thing. I think there was over 100 House members, and I forget how many senators, uh, but there's so, there's enough question about this, and this has happened in the past. If there's enough question about this and you get enough people to uh, not agree to taking this and certifying the results, then this could go from what I understand uh, into Mike Pence's hand, which is. Yeah. I, do, do you trust Mike Pence enough? No, no, I don't it's, know. I mean, Mike Pence is a guy. I don't know what he'll do. I, I'm, I, not I, sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm ready for another disappointment like with the fucking John Roberts treason. <laughs> Yeah, you know, this is this is the interesting question, because if you're Mike Pence, you have and if you get if he's given this choice, if it basically if this football is dropped into his lap, which is, you know what? Everybody else is saying this is so screwed up that you now get to make this decision and his decisions between giving it to Biden Harris or keeping it for himself and Trump. I I know what any going both. I know what any person with a single shred of integrity would do in this case. I'm just not convinced that most of the politics, you know, Pence, unlike Trump, is a career politician. Um, I, I don't know. I have to admit, I don't know that much about him, uh, but he he is a politician and I don't have any confidence that any politician anywhere has a shred of integrity anymore. Not not in this year. 
Well, that's not even the integrity. I think some of these guys would think that the right thing to do is to let the results as they are now, as corrupt as they appear to be, for the sake of the country to not, you know, turn us into yeah. a banana. There's some people that yeah, be I like, call that a lack of integrity. Yeah, but that's there. I understand why. Because they're like, well, this would really turn us into a banana republic and nobody would ever believe the election again. I could see both sides making the same argument, which is beautiful well, for our dimension A, dimension B. Totally different concept because both with, sides without, make the same argument. And it's crazy. Without massive, massive reforms of how elections are conducted and extensive uh, arrests of the people involved, I won't ever trust an election again. The the. And and I'm definitely not alone. You know, I, I I know that I came into this and I was clearly naive. I think you probably figured that out talking to me that I've always been pretty naive it, it, coming in and actually thinking that elections meant something and not really realizing, you know, coming into November that it, it's, you know, I, I guess what I thought was that people actually counted the votes and that the you know, the, the, that the war was won or lost in the hearts and minds of Americans, which it, it, the propaganda galls me. But if, if that was the case, then I can still have some confidence in elections. Um, you, you were mentioning the, the Zuckerberg, the law that they said could, you know, be justified. I'm, I'm not convinced that a law that says, you know, if you only talk to these people and don't talk to these people, that, that smacks of the, the equality clause, the, the equal time clause in news media. And I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that that kind of restriction is good. I mean, if it's on the books, then use it. But well, which um, is what a lot of this is going to be, I think, which is it's on the books. So uh, legally, th- I think this is why the Democrats are freaking well, out as much that's as they what are. The rule of law is right because, well, they see the rule of law could go against them. And now they're panicking yeah. again. The the rule of law is that if the law is on the books, you have to follow it. And it's generally a good idea, although I assert that every citizen has the responsibility to flout an unjust law. And there are a whole lot of those. Did but, you, did uh, you grow? I think Pence was a radio host while he was governor. I think he did a like a weekly show or something. I don't think he was actually a radio guy before he went into politics. I could be wrong, but I think he was just. You know, he has the radio. I'm really shot. not sure. And I can't be fucked to go do the research on it. So we're yeah. going to go with whatever. Uh, but here, I, my, my point on, on the Zuckerberg thing, though, is I, I, I think about the, the degree to which awful things happen in this election. And there is a fundamental difference in kind. You can, you can argue that it's bad that people were propagandized and that uh, you know, people were swayed and that get out the vote efforts significantly focused in, in this one area where they thought that one side would get more votes and were, and get out the vote efforts were ignored in this area. But that's still on the people. If you decide not to vote independent of whether or not Facebook is pouring thousands of dollars into your community to try to get you to vote independent of that, it, it is your responsibility to decide whether or not you're going to vote. And I put that on, on the people and nothing prevents the people in a largely Republican area from getting off their asses, getting off the fucking couch and going out and voting at a hundred percent. The only thing that prevents them is laziness. So 
well, yeah, pushing now- more people to vote regardless of what demographic they're in, regardless of what location they're in is significantly less awful than than disconnecting the voters from the tally of votes, which is what the election fraud is. That is an order of magnitude more egregious in my book. The idea of what this Dominion software was doing, which was, you know, once the ballots come in, it will take the totals and mathematically subtract from one and add to the other. Um, that, or, just creating votes from people who are not registered voter, not legal voters who are dead, who are illegal, who do, who are, have been convicted of crimes and haven't got their voting rights back, whatever, whatever the rules are that are not valid votes. The, if, if the vote totals do not reflect the actual sum of the people who turned out, that is an order of magnitude more egregious than just going out and trying to convince more Democrat voters to come to the polls. If that was all that happened, I would accept the results. Yes. And okay. After, uh, after losing two bids to get a congressional seat, he became a conservative talk and television host from 94 to 99 and then was elected to the house of representatives in 2000. But yes, it went getting back. Oh my to the gosh. Old- what part of, I didn't care where it wasn't working for you. <laughs> well, the troll room was going on and on about it. So I uh-huh. figured we may as well, we may as well bring a few facts, but yeah, why do you have to bring facts into my rants? You I know I, they don't mesh because nobody else brings facts. We have to do it here. But I agree with your uh, being naive, not that you were, but I was also up until this year. I always understood there were, because I mean, I'm from Chicago, man. We know all about voter fraud. That's how JFK won. No question about it. And we always knew that there was ballot box stuffing going on. There's no question about it. but. This is the first election where I, and this has probably been going on longer now that we know what we know, but up until this point, I never believed that there was a major problem with the voting machines, that these were compromised, that there was built in stuff where it's like, oh, every five votes for Biden, give an extra one to, you know, Trump or whatever, you know, obviously yeah. it went the other way or, but- or, or, or the fact that the, the machines were programmed it's not just hey let's create a bunch of extra biden votes they were subtracting votes from trump for yes, every five them. people that voted for trump it gave him four votes yes so you're losing and it, when we understand as uh, cold assets said, flipping way worse than dropping you're right you want to know why that's really bad because trump picked up millions more votes than he did four years prior so if they were also flipping votes on him this was by all sense of mathematics, probably a Trump landslide, if you believe it was. Yeah. And and, you know, you go to the pollsters, you go to the politicians, you, you've got, you know, statisticians. I, I tell you, the the people from a sheer uh, what is your incentive, you know, don't have any incentive to go one way or the other. The the people who really are experts that that I believe are the Vegas odds makers, right? The ones who look at this and they say, yeah, if this happened in any kind of a betting scheme that we were running, we would push the emergency stop button and everybody's money would just be refunded. And we'd say this was canceled because statistically there is no fucking way. This is legit period. And these people are not politicians. They're not news. You know, they're not getting, they're not getting their money from, uh, people with motive, you know, motivated people with political agendas. 
they are, you know, they get their money by honestly bilking the people who are too stupid to understand statistics into betting on horse races. And these people understand statistics. They know what constitutes a statistical possibility. They know that this shit didn't happen and they're not incentivized one way or the other in general to lie to you. And the, uh, again, I, I, my, my notes are terrible because I woke up late this morning, but, uh, I was reading an article this morning that I will definitely try to pull into the show notes, except that I'll forget, um, about one of the Vegas odds makers who in 1995 was convicted for of fixing more than a thousand horse races in order to, you know, put to sway the election. And after that, he served his time for 10 years and then he came back and now he, he makes odds for the, the horse races and he, uh, he does statistical analyses to see, uh, if, if the races were conducted without fixing or not. And he's, he's basically a white hat. Um, and he, in the article, he came out and said, uh, we looked at this election and it is a zero po- probability that this was legitimate. And, uh, if, if we were doing this in the betting pool, um, we would have, you know, we, uh, like, I, like I said, we would have pushed the emergency stop button. We would have just canceled everything. We would have refunded everybody's money and said, I'm sorry, this race is not going to pay out anywhere. And then a few period. people would have gotten buried in the desert. Yeah, well, that does happen in Vegas, and that's what the Vegas desert is for. It's not full yet. Yeah. I know a few people in Washington, D.C. who need to take a trip to Vegas. There is. Uh, there's plenty of room. And NetNed is pointing to a photo of Bill Gates where the book How to Lie with, with Statistics is visible. I think these are all bullshit. I know Adam's mentioned it on No Agenda. I think a lot of Bill Gates is bullshit. but I, I agree. But I've seen multiple pictures of Bill Gates with the same stack of books that uh, you know, years later, and I mean the same stack of books that I think you're falling for Photoshop that people are putting this I, I, in there. And uh, I wouldn't and, be surprised at all if that was in in his office. And I'm sure, you know, he he probably hasn't read all of those books. He probably well, in has the office a is one up. thing, but these are like on the table next to him when there's on a few different pictures, and it's like and it's the okay. same books in the same order. I think it's bull crap. So we need some of the trolls to look this up. I think because I had. I had that book in, in my office at Microsoft for a while. I mean, it's a good way to understand the system, but this, as far as like, oh, I mean, there's a plenty well, of you, reason to think Bill Gates is nefarious. This, I think, is just kind of pushing. It's a little too on the nose, if you will. I mean, I, 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 I read that book. It was probably 15 years ago now, um, alongside uh, a book called Writing Secure Code. Because <laughs> Which are you better at now? I'm both the both tasks are impossible. Fair enough. Fair enough. Secure code. I mean, there's plenty of stories about that as well. If we want to get into some tech stories, but we can thank some experts as well and get this out of the way and thank some people for coming in and supporting the grumpiest podcast in the universe. As, as we uh, talked about before, I mean, I we're back to doing the executive producer and associate executive producers. I mean, usually right now, if you donate to Grumpy Old Ben's, you'll be one of those, which is a good thing. The uh, anything over $50 guaranteed the executive producership or it is the highest donation for that particular show. So you could get a bargain. 
And I also think that we should call once people get up to that thousand dollar level, the magic thousand dollar level. I think we should call that the guru level. I mean, I know we probably need more than that, but it will at least be a place to start would be the guru level. But we can discuss that a little bit further. And if you've gotten to the guru level, of course, let us know. I think it just rolls off the tongue. A grumpy old bend. Ben, not bend. We don't have the bends. Guru. But on today's show, we do have an executive producer, Sir Sammy Minkinen, which sends a little note. He comes in with 3333, the magic number. Hi, Darren sent a donation and he was splitting it between grumpy old bends and random thoughts, which I greatly appreciate because, uh, you know, that show is a lot of fun. It's basically grumpy old bends without Ryan interrupting. So you can definitely check out random thoughts, R-E-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. He says, uh, keep up the great work and, uh, Sir Sammy. And he said, uh, thank you. Happy new year. Keep up the great work. And he didn't mind if we said his, uh, his surname. Now, anyway, I know some people are like, I don't want my name mentioned on the show. They're coming to get me like CSB. He won't even go into the IRC chat room because he's afraid you're going to get his IP address. I'm like, use a VPN. Has he not heard anything? That we've well, said. The only people who get the IP addresses is you, me, and Void Zero. I also told him that I don't think he trusts the any of us. Which, come on, CSB. Well, what, I mean, I, sometimes I don't want my name on this show either. Yes, well, I, I tell you. But Sir Sammy was fine with us using his last name, and we appreciate that. And uh, the, the CSB, I mean, he he said he would send in the CSB donation, which he loves. Point zero zero three three Bitcoin. He would send that in to no agenda if Adam Curry's wife, Tina, would buy a Pomeranian <laughs> because they're looking for dogs. And uh, I, I just commented that uh, he didn't put a time limit on. So I just suggested Tina wait till Bitcoin's like at thirty three million dollars, then, <laughs> then buy a Pomeranian and be like, OK, CSB, where's where's the donation? But I digress. Coming in. If if I may be if I may be allowed a little bit of a bigoted gatekeeping, um, if if it's under fifteen pounds, it's not a dog; it's a rodent. Yeah, well, I mean, little yippy dogs. I've never been a fan of the yippy dogs. You know, if if they if they are too little, barky. It's, it's not a dog. <laughs> it's a. It's like a. What was the, the if you watch Spin if City? If my cat outweighs your dog, you don't have a dog. That's right. all I'm saying. Right there was a there was a sad looking dog on Spin City. Uh, Carter, the character owned it. It was named Rags, and it was just this really weird-looking little, uh, you know, it did kind of just look like a big fat rat. But I digress. Uh, yeah, the the dogs I grew up with were fifty to seventy pounds. Well, yeah, because they had a purpose. They were out. They were probably hunting dogs. They, you know, they, they were hunting dogs, and uh, you know that Labrador Retrievers. There you go, awesome breed. That makes a whole lot more sense. But next on the list, Surly Mofo coming in with twenty twenty one. Because 2021, I mean, it's got to be a better year with the notes that Happy New Year, gentlemen. I don't know who he's talking to there. Maybe somebody in the troll room. Billy Bones. Yeah, people usually don't refer to us as as gentlemen. He says, thanks for sharing the knowledge and opinions. And that's exactly what we do. We don't pretend that we have all the facts. We, 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 have, we definitely have all the opinions. We have all the opinions. This is true. Uh, we also coming in, no notes on the rest of these. Uh, Bernard Engelskircher at 10 bucks. 
That is a monthly. You know, thing. he only donates to make you listen or to, to make you speak his name. I know. And I appreciate that. And then we have the Patreon folks. And I forgot to mention those on New Year's Day, which we normally do this the first day of the month. But we were, you know, kind of a weird day, New Year's Day. I didn't even think you would be up at 9 a.m. your time on New Year's Day. So you, you think you were surprised? What if I was surprised? <laughs> I could bet you were like, is that the sun? What am I doing up? I don't know. So we I, have. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, my I don't know how she does it or how she knows, but I what I end up with my cat. Um, She likes to sleep on top of me. But if she hears the alarm clock, then it annoys her even more than me, because, of course, I'm one of those people who I can hit the snooze bar 20 times if I need to sleep. I you know, screw that noise. Um, but the cat will get so annoyed at the alarm that she will jump up on top of me while I'm sleeping and reach out and, and with the claws, just barely out, you know, just enough that you can feel them. <laughs> She'll tap me across the face <laughs> and, you know, not, not enough to draw blood, but just enough that you can feel the claws. And then she'll start like almost punching me in the face because she's like, wake up. Get up, get up. And, and she wants, you know, they get fed in the morning. So, uh, you know, when a human gets up, that's important to them. But also, like, I heard this noise. It disturbed my sleep. Now you don't get to sleep either. And that definitely happened uh, at at 7.15 a.m. On, on the first. It's definitely a system for waking up. I could see where that would uh it would be hard. It's to also listen. a system for watching a cat fly across the room and bounce off the wall. Yeah, but they come back. That's, yeah, they do. That's, that's the problem. They come back. You know, otherwise, you just get one of those alarm clocks with the little wheels on it that you know kind of shimmies off your dresser and across. I mean, the that's kind of what a cat is, right? It's kind of the same thing. So you have the analog of that. Because when I'm first waking up, I'm a little bit groggy and slow. And man, if she sees it coming, she can dodge out of the way it, it, there's no no hope yeah you've you're you're outmanned no question about it but uh from the patreones and we thank everybody and again we don't really post bonus content there it's just another way if you're in that ecosystem to take part in our value for value goodness here on the grumpiest podcast in the universe brian ganak coming in with 10 bucks a month steve e still coming in with five bucks a month he's been around for well over a year now i think on patreon and we appreciate that because he's been sending in stuff via check as well. And uh, we appreciate that, Steve. And then Stephen McConnell and Dame J of the Angry Clouds all coming in on Patreon. Of course, Dame J, you may know her as Airport Pooper. And if you missed that story, uh, you should really go back and find it. <laughs> I do remember that that was a fantastic story. And we do. And, and I, the, the moniker, the Angry Clouds is also very creative. So I. Yes, and it's also very grumpy old Spanish. There's no question about it. We do work on the value for value model, which means if you got anything out of this show, and we certainly hope you did, if you're listening, go over to grumpyoldbens.com, click the donate button. That'll take you to PayPal. You can do a one-time donation or set up a monthly donation, or you can use the QR code and do the Bitcoin thing. And that's going up, up, and up. I mean, hey, if you're like a Bitcoin millionaire, maybe that's the way you want to go, like CSB. Uh Oh, oh, it's it's now eight thousand. You spoke too soon. Oh, see, that's always what happens. That's why I'm convinced. If I would have put money in at thirty five hundred, it would be at thirty five cents now. I'm convinced, but uh, that's not the way. Oh, the so world it's your works. fault. It is. <laughs> it definitely is. 
And we also have the P.O. Box address, which is renewing. So it's like we've had that for a year now. And I would say that has been a rousing success. As we mentioned on the last show, it's a great way to do the value for value thing because nobody takes a percentage in the middle and it's still automatic to you. You don't even have to buy a stamp. If you have online bill pay with your bank, just go in, put our information in and it just works. It's a beautiful thing. But we appreciate everybody. Beautiful. Yes. For, for, uh, for supporting grumpy old Ben's. That's what we're, uh, we're here to bring you, uh, some of the facts and all of the opinions is, I think, what we're doing. I should probably go get me some facts one of these days. <laughs> Mo facts you need? No. You need? No, no, we, we, we don't want to step on someone else's show. Why not? We do it all the time. Yeah, but we don't want to. Oh, <laughs> oh speaking of stepping on somebody else's show, I, there are congratulations in order and I really want to call this out because it's, it's a huge step in, in the maturing of, of a podcaster. And that is congratulations to Abel Kirby for completely ditching his Twitter account. <laughs> He's getting off of the uh, socials. How is he, he going to promote announced it? On, he announced on the last uh, uh, rare encounter that he has uh, uh, completely uh, he removed himself from his Twitter. account. I don't, I don't think he said he'd gone as far as to delete the account, which would oh. be the logical step, but he had removed all apps and is no longer logging in. And so this is this is a big step toward maturity and toward uh, being able to take control of your own gaslighting instead of leaving a corporation to do it. But you have to be on Twitter to gaslight everybody else. I do not. I mean, I, all I need is people to I, all I need is to say interesting enough things that people repost what I said on Twitter. For example, I've got you to post evidence of everything that I say on this show on Twitter when you when you tell them about grumpy old Benz, I say grumpy old Benz. It's 50% awesome and 50% Bembrose. And I know you won't even open up a link on Twitter. Cause I sent you one in the troll room. Did you ever, uh, did you ever open that up in the back channel? No, no, it, it <laughs> because when I click on one, it says, you know, you require JavaScript to view this. And I'm like, you're a fucking text medium. <laughs> it's Twitter. They want you to have JavaScript. I mean, at least they're not asking you to have a flash. I that would be better. Flash is dead now, allegedly, yes, which is why it's better. Twitter would be dead. It would it would long be dead. But here was the thing, because I and again, we talked about a few times the greatest compliment slash comment that we had ever gotten on the show came from our buddy, Sir Chris Abraham of uh, on No Agenda Social, but he's also on Twitter and on Twitter on New Year's Eve, he posted a comment. That said, uh, Chris Cast, just a thirty, just a fifty-year-old cis-centered white male mansplaining his own self-importance, but good. And he had a link to his podcast, so I retweeted his podcast with the added comment: "Give Chris's podcast a try. He is every bit as clever and charming as he believes he is." <laughs> and he he responded back with, "Rule one of becoming a podcaster: just don't start out as awesome as Darren O'Neill." Rule two, you will probably never be as good as Darren O'Neill, and that's okay too. <laughs> I'm like, um, I thought it was, I thought it was a good turnaround. This was like perfect. It was time. It was the complimentary. And he, I think he took he's it. He's sucking way. up. Yes. He took it that I mean, I mean, you know, take it where you can, but yes. he's sucking up. I get it. But I just thought it was great because that's still the best comment we ever got about Grumpy Old Ben's was like show number two or three running on the stream after no agenda. And that was Chris in No Agenda Social, which is like Twitter, but better. 
And he just said, whoever's on the stream right now aren't as clever or, or charming as they think they are. And I was like, well, that's true, but that's us. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Chris does good work. There's a lot of there's so many good podcasters out now and so many of them tied to the No Agenda program, which if you're not listening to No Agenda, you should noagendashow.net. But there are so many shows that have spawned from that ecosystem and it's interesting the, because the no the no agenda community is is full of so many amazing like just amazing things that really interesting people doing podcasts now and i i would start listing them but i think i would forget somebody and feel bad about it actually never mind i don't feel bad yeah but, there are there are a lot and it's interesting but there's quite a few we kind of took the the topics and we're just doing it without clips overall i mean billy bones brought a clip in the last show but we're kind of like the no agenda concept, but with added tech. And I think we'll get back to doing more tech after yeah. this world starts. Uh, shaking and and down. I would argue quite a bit more opinion. Probably, well, probably more opinion, which is also true. I mean, we have we know Adam likes the uh, likes the ganja. And there's a, there's a lot of shows that have spawned uh, along those lines, including, you know, the bowl after bowl and the hog story show. And, you know, then there's the, uh, you know, the crackpot theories that Adam likes the conspiracy theories and Nick, the rat's been doing that longer than anybody else. But now you've also got the, uh, sir, uh, sir seat sitters abs in a six pack show. And it just, you go on down the line. I mean, then there's that wholesome show that Metis is doing with his daughter, Leela, uh, fun yeah, fact. I still Friday. don't quite understand how, how that fits in with the stream. Well, we have to have one show that wouldn't get us deplatformed. Isn't that what Brainy's for? no, 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 I don't know what Jennifer Briney's show is for, except to uh, maybe Harry Hamster would probably like Jennifer Briney's show. It probably calms him. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go down the, the list of shows that I updated only yesterday on the stream. So this is this is shows that are clearly still updating weekly. Um, uh, no agenda. DH unplugged congressional dish. Uh, Rhino. Grimerica. Random thoughts. That Larry show. Hog story. Grumpy Old Ben's, Mo Facts, uh, Up Is Down, Walk Through the Mind, Smash Cast, Fun Fact Friday, Bowl After Bowl, Rare Encounter, Abs in a Six Pack, Back From the Future, Our Big Dumb Mouth, 2030 Podcast, Informed Descent, and a new one. Uh, this hasn't even been announced yet, although I think they played once. Behind the Schemes with Booberry is now playing on the stream. Whoa, did he talk into the right side of the microphone? Hey. It, it, they need some production work and I hope that that gets worked out uh, because their levels are all over the damn place, but their content is good. And that's really the most important thing for, for the people who listen to the new agenda stream. Yeah. And there will be more shows coming. So always when you've gotten all caught up on grumpy old bands, go to no agenda stream.com. Check out what's on. You'll probably find something you like, or it could, or it could be hog story. You never know. I'm going to be on uh, Thursday with Hog Story, though, so you, you'll, you'll want to check that one out. Okay, so uh, stream is going to be down for maintenance. <laughs> We're on the Hog Story stream, baby. I can connect to the Hog Story that, stream right and now. You don't think I can take that down for maintenance? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if your skills are that good. How are your? I mean, your, your hacking skills? Um, I I try not to brag. Well, well, that's good because uh, you, you might get embarrassed. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. easy, though. Yeah, other, otherwise, I might say something I can't do. So, yes. I don't. Yes. Um, always best to stay quiet, which is why one of the, the top story I have in tech is oh, the uh, doing tech. Yeah, the Zycel issue. And somehow you got to the segue before I did. Go yes. On. The Zycel. Did you see that issue? It's a uh, it's a company that makes gear 
you know, VPN gear, uh, network gear. And it turns out that in their uh, firmware was a backdoor, was an administrative account. And you don't say, oh, my God, I can't. I mean, this fact that what, this what kind, kind of, of stuff, gear did the, you say they make it, it, the VPN, they make all kinds of networking gear. The company is Zyxel, oh. Z-Y-X-E-L. So what what you're saying is, is that uh, command line kid was right and uh, VPNs all suck and you're a total shill, right? Well, no, that wasn't he, him that said that. That was somebody else. Oh, command like, line kid to, was the one. It's hard to get your trolls with the link farm. Mixed up. That you that you you and Progo. That's right. <laughs> Progo really went uh went toe to toe with them. I don't think Command Line Kid likes Progo. And nor would he like me, I'm sure, if he listened to what we said about the uh, 33 slaves site. Not that I have a problem with the concept uh of having a news aggregator that you know could actually be useful, but a link farm is not so useful and by tying more I and more don't ads have to a it. Huge problem with 33 slaves, and there's a lot of potential, you know. It, the the idea behind it was not this is something uh totally un you know new and innovative or the idea behind it is this is yes it's a link farm at least at least this is what i i assume to be the idea because i'm not inside command line kid's head but it it's this is it may yeah okay it's a link farm but it's our link farm but that's also the biggest complaint about it is not it's not evil it's not particularly bad um i mean once i block ads it it just seems a little bit pointless. Like, okay, I have to click through an extra page to get to the, the link that I want because nobody's posting useful commentary and it's not, doesn't seem to be a place for discussion, which is where the real effect of community get, comes up. And um, I mean, it, I guess my biggest complaint is why do we need this? And we don't, I, I, I but if you come up with some features like, uh, I don't know, discussion board, like, uh, you know, like make it a place people want to go to, not just a place people click through. And there is potential there. Oh, there's but potential. Yes, <laughs> there's potential for doing things in a completely different manner. But yes, the uh, the story over 100,000 Zycel devices potentially vulnerable to a secret backdoor caused by hard coded credentials which were used to update the firewall and access point controllers firmware, a Dutch cybersecurity firm, I, all capital E-Y-E, discovered the hard-coded administrative account in the latest patch of their firmware, which, uh, you know, I don't know how this happens in this day and age that there is um, a hard-coded admin it- you 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 don't know how how human stupidity can interact with technology to make things bad for a major company like this that has so many devices that nobody have you ever heard of them before this um yes i have but that's you know not they're not at the top of the food chain for this kind of stuff but you know when you do enough research on uh you know routers and access points and stuff and you know for small businesses as well you know they're they're uh they're there i mean they're not they're not d-link you know they're not uh you know any of the you know the major ones but uh i mean again over a hundred thousand devices is a is a decent amount when you're talking about potential botnet goodness well i i mean you know i i like a good botnet as much as the next guy (laughs) which is to say most people don't like him very much and the next guy is probably the kind of person who doesn't want a botnet on their own vpn you think that would be bad 
I mean, to hard, hard code an admin account. And well, password if and, I'm not the one controlling the botnet, then no, I don't want it. <laughs> we all want every, this is kind of goes back to like the EU, the concept of like, we want everything to have a back door in it so we can access this. If maybe somebody well, buys the, one of the, these, but the, the EU, the, the politicians in, in Brussels, they just want, really want to be in your back door. <laughs> hey, whatever they want, man. I'm not, I'm not opening. I don't care if they knock. Don't want any it's, part that, of that. That's okay. Cause the EU is, is not a castle doctrine regime. So you, it, it doesn't really matter if they knock or not. So if you have a Zycel device, you may want to update your firmware or, you know, buy better hardware. Uh, yeah. Or, or, or yeah, come, come up with some, block ports at your firewall something like that yeah the security expert that found this said using publicly available data from data from project sonar was able to identify about three thousand of these devices in the netherlands alone globally more than a hundred thousand devices so i mean yeah if you have one make sure you uh is there an update did you verify I they say there's an update. I don't actually own one of these devices, so well, I couldn't tell I, you. But I, yes. I didn't mean did you install it? I <laughs> yes, there is an update which removes said okay backdoor from the machines. Uh, is the update from the same company that put the backdoor in? Because I bet you can trust that. <laughs> yes, you can always trust Zycel. No question about it. They're going to be. Uh, I, I, they there's no really word on how or why this happened. I would be expecting a press release shortly. And it'll say something like rogue employee, yada, 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 has been fired, yada, yada, yada. We take your privacy seriously, yada, yada, yes. yada. Please keep buying yeah, okay, our stuff. Who's, okay, whose turn is it to to fall on their sword today for our corporate practices? Yeah, I understand how it, that works. It's it's Tuttle. Definitely private Tuttle. Yeah. <laughs> and anybody who hasn't watched MASH won't get that. But that's their problem for not watching MASH. So, it, yeah. Oh, I have an Apple story. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I felt really icky after, uh, singing the praises of Apple a couple shows back. So I needed to come up with something that yeah, made them look I mean, like they total do assholes. some things well, to be fair. Yeah, but it doesn't feel right. Praising a giant Silicon Valley company. So what do they do so, now? Uh, this has to do with the app store, which fortunately you look at the app store. You can always find douchey policies from Apple. Well, any app uh, store. Any app store, really. Hey, Apple's not unique in this one, but app stores be like that, especially when you try to put together a walled garden and then you get woke. Um, uh, they had a purge of 39,000 apps from the China app store. Um, they, the reason the excuse given is, uh, there is a Chinese law that all game publishers must obtain a license in order to offer their app in the app store, which Sounds like a tremendous government overreach, but I totally see it. The thing is that law is four years old. So Apple apparently waited until now to uh, decide to purge all unlicensed apps, which, of course, makes you wonder, Okay, what is it that Apple wants from the Chinese government or the other way around that the Chinese government is now uh, twisting their arm to enforce this? Yeah, something Uh, there. Something clearly happened to cause it to start happening now. Um, but, uh, it included, uh, apps, uh, including apps like Assassin's Creed, because apparently Ubisoft couldn't be bothered to get a Chinese license. Um, and uh, 27 of the top 50 apps in the Chinese app store were removed for this. So this was, this was a hell of a purge. Yeah. Um, 
They also purged another 6,000 other apps from the U.S. App Store at exactly the same time, not necessarily for the same reasons given. Um, but in another article, uh, one of the apps that they removed was ca- one called Vibe Together. And in true Silicon Valley format, Vibe is spelled V-Y-B-E. Um, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, which the Vibe Together app was billed. It, it was a pretty small app that's only a few months old, but it was billed as a place to organize secret parties. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and during Corona, that's bad. And during Corona, during Corona, that was uh, kind of the whole point to this was, uh, you know, hey, you don't, <laughs> you think Gavin Newsom is a total douchebag who's unconstitutionally violating your First Amendment rights? Here, use this app to coordinate. And ignore, you know, your, your civil disobedience, which I've already asserted this show that civil disobedience is the responsibility of anybody who believes in freedom and wants to protest unjust laws. Yeah. Well, but using the Apple stupid app. It. Well, of course it's a stupid app, but you, you need to be able to coordinate somewhere, but just not on your iPhone because of course Apple controls everything on the iPhone with an iron fist. So. They banned the app. It got pulled from the store and they flipped their little switch that says whenever an iPhone decide, tries to launch the app, it will die. Uh, the Vibe uh, website went down um, within a few hours. Um, they just got a landing page now. So uh, this company has been nuked off the Internet. And the thing that really brought this story to me. I read about it on the on uh, MacRumors.com, which is uh, classic Silicon Valley. So you can guess uh, what kind of commenters there was one comment. The, the comment was complete gold. And, and I'm, I'm going to read the whole thing. It's a little bit long. Uh, but the thing that brought it to my attention was their algo highlighted a an, uh, an, a responding comment to this one. As one as the top comment that has the, had the most upvotes of everything, it was somebody saying, "Yeah, well, okay, I'll, I'll just read it first. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules and they have no respect for the status quo." Um, does any of this sound familiar yet? It kind of sounds like the end of the Breakfast Club. No, it is actually uh, the Think Different ad from September of 1997 that kicked off their Think Different campaign. It was the resurgence of Apple uh, when when they started to create things like the iPod, the new Mac. Uh, it was the thing that caused, you, you know, in, in what, 90, 94 to 97, Apple was kind of not a thing because the company was dying. They had fired Steve Jobs and then Jobs came back and. Uh, reinvented the company and turned them into the awesomeness they are today. Yeah. Um, They got big on the think different campaign. That was the first huge campaign that signaled the resurgence of Apple and uh, it all go on. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them about the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as crazy ones, we see genius because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. So somebody put that, which is the, the text of the think different campaign into a comment because uh, yeah, the be different, violate the rules that you don't like be a rebel. That was the apple of 1997. It's not the apple of today. 
And the only reason that this showed up at the very top of the comment feed was somebody quoted the, the comment and said, yeah, well, what Apple really meant was the people who want to change the world with new apps, not the suicidal people who want to poison all of their neighbors with a virus. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you want to go to a party, that's up to you. I mean, this and, is where I don't understand freedom, you know, or the concept that these assholes have. And they don't have any concept of freedom anymore, which is, you know what, if you want to go and have a big party with people and, you know, there's risks to do that anytime. I mean, hey, you know, super gonorrhea. There's uh, there's always a risk of something going on when a big crowd of people gets together, no matter what it is. And this, again, is the full dimension A, dimension B, which is you're evil for going out to do this. It's like, no, they're just taking and making a different choice than you are. I mean, that's this again, this concept that everybody has to make the same choices are it's great for the left when they're like, oh, abortion, everybody has to get an abortion. But if if the you know, that was the other way around, which was, well, everybody has to go to church. Then they'd be like, no, you can't force. You know, it's like you can't have it both ways, douchebags. because the wokeism religion doesn't have any room for anybody who does think different, who, who does think any, it doesn't share your ideology. Uh, it, it's, I just think it's, it's hilarious that the people, the, the sycophants, the people in these companies really cannot see how far they've moved from their original position. When in, in the late nineties, when Silicon Valley was counterculture, they were, you know, fight the establishment. They were, uh, you know, go be your own person, be an individual, do, do your thing, you know, ignore terrible rules, take, you know, and, and somewhere in the last 20 years, they have completely transformed. They are now the establishment and, uh, think words like think different are just empty slogans now they want conformity they want you to bend to authority they want you especially if it's their authority in fact only if it's their authority because any other authority they they want to tear it anyways it the sheer amazing and utter hypocrisy of of silicon valley and of the wokus in general who still stand behind a company like apple which came out and became a thing because of their stand as as rebels, as individuals, as free thinkers back in the 1990s. And what are you now? Well, you'd better wear a mask or you're, a, you know, a deplorable. Um, you, if you don't have a, a license granted by the government, we're going to delete your game, even if it's the number one on the store. Uh, if if you decide that you want to get together and have human interaction, we're going to shut that down. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Apple, but you, you are the man. Now you are the establishment. You are the evil overlords that we are fighting against. And uh, no Omega project. It's a whole different mask you need for super gonorrhea, but you should probably get those, uh, you know, check a few out. Uh, but here's, here's my issue. What was the reason they gave on the Viber app? I mean, I get, you know, now if China says we force anybody that wants to sell something here to have a license, I don't know if Apple has any choice. If you want to do business in the country, like all this digital stuff, if you want to continue doing business in that country, you have to follow the laws of that country. But in the United States, what was the uh, what rule was being broken on Viber? Because it sounds like it was just letting people communicate. 
and uh, you know set dates for uh, you know a get together and then is this what was the reason given to uh, to pull this thing off or just you know it doesn't matter we're pulling it off because you know Gavin Newsom didn't like it I was that is that a new thing for Apple bowing no. bowing down for no apparent reason or yeah, yeah, yeah. reason. Well, I mean, you should usually they give some kind of bull crap reason. <laughs> I, I just went back because I didn't have it in my notes. So I'm like, did I not pull that out of the article? So I just went back to the Mac rumors article and they don't list a reason. Nice. There is no sentence or paragraph anywhere in this article that gives any kind of official reason why it was pulled down. Wow. Uh, Mac rumors does dedicate four paragraphs to. Uh, the standard COVID narrative, how it's uh, a health crisis and indoor gatherings of people uh, are unsafe and we, you know, our people are spreading the viruses and we all need to make sure that we have no human interaction so that we're as dehumanized as possible when communism comes for us. But no, no official reason given. That is absolutely insane. Because if you're an actual journalist and none of these people are, no, they aren't. None of them are. You go back to, and I took a journalism class when I was in beautiful DePaul University, the, the socialist liberal university. And it wasn't, wasn't horrible, but it was getting there back in the late eighties. It wasn't until right now that I even knew that you had gone to a university. Yeah. DePaul. We are DePaul. Go blue demons. And they were only good. The basketball team while Ray Meyer was there. Then his kid took over in nepotism and Joey Meyer, not a good coach. And they've never really recovered since then. But I used to go to DePaul basketball games long before I was going to school there in junior high, high school. It was, uh, it was the team around Chicago, but I took a journalism class. And even I remember there are some basics of journalism, including I just looked them up here just to make sure I wasn't missing anything. The five W's, which and an H, I think I the five W's. And an H, what, where, who, when, why, and how. They don't tell us in this article why. <laughs> That's a very important no. thing. You know, no, they, yeah, let's see. You've got, you've got who, you've got how, um, you've got when, you where, yeah. too. So, yeah, they just yeah. know why. They forgot the why. And, it, I, you know, if there's one thing that I, I have learned from software debugging, at least, uh, why is by far the most important of those? Yeah. When you're, when you're designing something, you know, this is, if, if you really want to uh, give the customer what they want, you need to because know why they're doing what they're doing. The, the why is the thing that you need so that you don't end up writing exactly the same story again the next time. Yeah. It, it the, the only way to learn from history is to understand the why the who, who, what, when, and where are not as important. You know, uh, in, in fact, in software development, we actually talk about the five whys, which is you ask the word, you know, you know, we, we have a bug. Okay. Why did the bug happen? Well, because this happened. Okay. Then why did that happen? This, and you have to ask why five times you have to go five layers deep to understand the situation that led to a bug, because if you can do that, you can resolve it and make sure that it doesn't happen again. But if you only ask the first time, then it's going to happen again. And if you don't ask why at all. Oh, well, as as my history professor used to tell me, those who fail history are doomed to repeat it during summer school. That makes sense. You got to get the grade if you want to pass. But yeah, that's that's just one horrible journalism to not explain why this was shut down upon what grounds beyond just 
well, we're social justice warriors, and this is and this is doing something that you know the CDC wouldn't like, or the UN wouldn't like, or the WHO wouldn't like. The uh, it would be interesting to know exactly what Apple was using to to make this decision. Like I said, I mean, I get a certain amount of this if a you know country level somebody comes to them like yeah you this is the law here and this is how you have to do it i kind of get it but maybe you'd want to let people know that you're doing this you know against your will you don't agree with this but you know the laws in china say or the law here in the united states says and they're that wasn't that wasn't a communist china regime that was forcing it was it was a communist california regime same thing CCP yeah. of California, I think that's uh, they're getting there. I mean, they, the they, California Communist Party. Yeah. Isn't it fantastic? And I really if you live in California, I feel really if bad. If you live for in you. California, stop. Yes, stop. But you remember at the beginning of this, because California had some of the most harsh lockdown measures. And we heard for a couple of months, two or three it, months. It still does. They're going full Victoria right now. Well, I understand that. But for the first few months, it was like. Oh, you see, our numbers are good. Everything's great. We're doing the right thing. Yay. Our thing's working. And now it's going through the rough and they don't know why. It's because it's a virus. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that doesn't work. Right. I actually have. Uh, I, I didn't bring it to the show because, my God, it's so sickening to keep talking about COVID all the time. But I actually had a ton of notes from last week and again from this week about study after study after study that's now coming out because these things take time and we've had time um coming up with all this data that says yeah masks aren't doing shit uh kind of like we said that they wouldn't um you know things like uh it, it from information collected back in june which was already after several months of lockdown uh which showed the difference between states that had lockdown that had mask mandates that didn't have mask mandates etc and how the infection rates per capita pretty much exactly the same yeah it's almost like masks don't do anything yeah almost it's almost like we talked about from day one that viruses are too small for paper or god forbid cotton masks that uh, are basically made out of the same stuff you're making your underwear out of that this somehow magically will keep you safe from a virus. I saw I saw yesterday I saw a great uh metaphor or simile for for the masks it said uh um you know it it's okay if a kid pees in a pool because he's wearing a bathing suit, right? Right, you're right cuz that will totally filter out all the bad stuff coming out. I it, it's the same effect really. <laughs> that is uh yeah. Use that one folks and the next time somebody tells you you should wear a mask so you'd be like, yeah. yeah, so it's okay if I pee in the pool then, right? Well, no. No, I've just moved on. When somebody tells me to wear a mask, I just move straight to violence. You, just, you just run right. To, yeah, I get it. And uh, DigiGuru says the difference is the early Apple was uh, was run by baby boomers who in the early days of Silicon Valley had zero politics in mind. They just wanted to make cool tech and get rich. I, and, I think that's true. Yeah. And, and, and that was, I mean, it was a noble goal in and of itself about the time that you know, when when Silicon Valley became woke and everything became political because it was about forcing your ideology on others, which I mean, that's not even entirely a political thing. That's just wanting to force your ideology on others. But it it kind of ruined the entire culture of Silicon Valley. 
because now everything is is political for one way or another and everything is i it's i mean i was a part of silicon valley back then i i I really like microsoft i really liked what what the industry was doing i loved the the work I was working on, I would love the the stuff we were creating. And somewhere along the line, the the people who just can't leave well enough alone came up and, and took the entire industry and turned it sour. And now ev- everything that Silicon Valley touches turns to shit because you can't use a piece of technology without being reminded that you're either a brainwashed moron or you need to be canceled. Well, I mean, I think even beyond that, I think we went from these companies wanting to literally put out a product that people wanted that would make people's lives better. I think we went from that to the customer is nothing but data that we must scrape. And I don't know exactly why that switch was flipped i mean but it happened for some reason uh, it it's a form of dehumanization which is really easy to do if you're woke it, it, it collectivism in general all forms of collectivist ideology uh put the benefits of of a, an abstract concept called a society ahead of the benefits of any person and in order to do that you have to put in your head the idea that a person doesn't matter. And once you've done that, all kinds of injustices that stem from dehumanizing or othering people around you become very possible and morally acceptable and even morally imperative. If, if you happen to have the more radical retarded ideologies. And a lot of people do. And I just want to point out to our friend CSB, I think a Pomeranian is a real dog. It was only, Ryan Bemra. So complain to You're him. You're the Ryan, one who brought it up. Ryan at grumpyoldbenz.com. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And there was some podcast I, I news. I will block you. There was some podcast news this week. Uh, Amazon buying Wondery, which I'm kind of surprised because I thought Wondery, which is another one of these podcasting platforms that only exists because they hired a few people to have shows only on their platform and they thought that they would be big. You know, it's kind of yeah. like what Spotify is trying to do now with the the, the, this this podcasting seems like a thing let's put together a studio and see if we can take over the industry yes and uh, amazon is trying to get into podcasting i mean i can't blame them for it because there's a lot of people doing this but they spent 300 million on the wondery podcast network why aren't they buying our damn podcast network they could buy the no agenda stream shows from us we we'd be way cheaper than i would settle for 30 million yeah we'd be way cheaper i'm not greedy yeah we we cut the we cut the other folks in for a few bucks here and there. Um, I don't I don't quite get the concept. I I really just don't understand why somebody like Amazon would need them. It's not like there's really great content. I mean, they have just a few podcasts they list as far as the Wondery exclusives. Uh, Dirty John. See, I mean, I, is that about? I do understand this one. Is that about because bathrooms? this is this is not a new Silicon Valley phenomenon. This is. This is a characteristic of Silicon Valley where when when you have more money available than the willingness to put forth effort and time to understand an industry, then you just decide to buy your way into something. And 
if you throw enough money at something, you can definitely, you know, get the inside track. And, and even if you can't figure out what the hell was there before, you can somehow change it and then you own it anyway. And, and that's really the idea of, uh, you know, when, when a big, big tech CEO comes out and says, I want to buy something, it's, it's, we notice that podcasting is big and we're not involved. So let's throw money at it until we're involved, even if we have to destroy all of the parts that we're not involved in. We're pleased to announce that Wondery, an innovative podcast publisher with a track record of creating and producing top-rated podcasts, has signed an agreement to enjoy... Top-rated by their own people. Yes, I think so. I think so. Rated by whom? I don't know. I mean, business wars, Dr. Death, Dirty Job. But here's... Here's the difference between um, the left and the right, because we, we I've talk- never heard of Wondery before this, by the way. I have, but that's because I read too much about podcasts, I guess. But it's, it's, it was never on anybody's radar that meant anything. But here's the difference. We talked uh, the right when we started the show, the article on CNN. Now, let's compare that to this paragraph, the first paragraph to this story, which is Amazon announced this week that it had purchased the Wondery podcast network for three hundred million. Oh, my God. A sentence with just all factual information. The second sentence. That is really weird. I'm not <laughs> sure how to read that without extra adjectives. I know. The second sentence. The network produces popular podcasts such as Dirty John, Dr. Death and Business Wars. OK, so the second sentence also completely factual. Yeah. The third sentence. I, who has heard of those podcasts? though? So. not I. The third and last sentence in the first paragraph, though, Amazon's buyout of Wondery proves that the masters of the universe continue to consolidate their power despite government investigations into their anti-competitive business practices. Proves. <laughs> no, no, it, it might suggest, but only it, it, it hypothesizes. No, we're pretty far from bucket proof here. Yes. And this is from Breitbart. So just to prove the right does the same thing, just not as bad yet as CNN. But well, it, maybe not as often, but this is pretty bad. Yes. You know, and it, it fits in that same category of, OK, you had it right. The first two sentences, you were giving me the straightforward information, but also calling them and it's, you know, capitalized masters of the universe. It's like, oh, really? That the you're, what what is the masters of the universe capitalized in the sense of what? I mean, you're, this is you're calling Amazon this, but, uh, you know, I really don't quite even get that but obviously they're upset they don't like amazon maybe that's right there's a lot of good reasons not to like a amazon. lot of people don't like amazon and they have reason to but yeah man get, how, how weird would it be if there was a place to go get information without having to be subjected to somebody's opinion it would be nice i mean grumpy old ben's could be a place like that but then our show would be boring it would be nice i had a an amazon return from christmas that uh their email that came back when I set up the return was, well, within two to four hours of us receiving this, you'll have the amount credited to an Amazon gift card because it was a gift. And I did it, sent it back in. They got it back on Wednesday, which I understand it was New Year's Day. So I was willing to give them some leeway. But then I went into a chat on uh, Friday or Saturday over this weekend. And the guy that I got in the chat, Mohammed, nice guy, I'm sure, uh, was like, well, that's the minimum amount of time. He's like, it could take, you know, 48 to 72 hours to process the return. And I'm like, well, then fix your system because your system says within two to four hours of receiving, you will have the gift card. Not that this was the minimum amount of time. 
but the, you know, he's like, well, I'm, well, they'll take care of it, but that's the minimum time. I'm like, you can keep saying it's the minimum time, but the specific verbiage again, words mean things. The p- specific verbiage in the email said this would be done within okay, two to four it, hours of you getting the product back. You, you, you use the line. It could take 48 to 72. Right. So it, it could, which means we're already talking, uh, yeah, a maximum uh, estimate. What is the point of giving two numbers in that sentence? I don't know. Like it could take 48 or it could take 70. So what you're saying is it could take 72 because the 48 does not convey any meaning there. It's it's very much like if you get into a vehicle in the United States and you read the thing on your sun visor, which is usually with the, uh, you know, the airbag warning, which is serious injury. Or death may occur. You yeah. could have just put death. <laughs> I don't think you need the serious injury or death may occur. I mean, just the death may occur would be enough to go. Oh, that's that's pretty serious. I, yeah, but I mean, not all deaths are an injury and you need to. to I, they all yeah, they all are I, COVID I, related, though. I, I, yeah, <laughs> that's the all the newer cars are now, you know, serious COVID-19 could occur. Yes. They probably have sensors. They'll tell you if you have COVID in your car. Yes. Yes. Because when, you know, you know, it's like when, when alcoholics uh, get, have to have that device put in that you have to breathe into it. Right. Yes. People are going to need to have a PCR test in order to start their car. The magic breathalyzers. Yeah, that might be good. That way you can't travel if you're infected. And then more firmware will definitely be hacked. And, uh, and things will go very poorly in another. Oh, uh, I look, I look forward to, to technology being used to confirm all of these plans, because the moment that, that you've used technology to do that, then it can be hacked. It can be spoofed and everybody trusts technology so much. It's like, you know, it, as soon as we have an app that confirms your vaccination, I'd be like, awesome. Get me some screenshots because I am going to be using my photos app to get me everywhere. Yeah, that would work. I did have one other tech story, which I thought was interesting, just in the way that it was covered by different sites. And hit uh, me with the tech story. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing was, I saw this. On, I forget which. Maybe it was CNN. One of these that uh, I, I, I did see this story somewhere else. And the, the whole thing was framed under the traffic to pirate sites way down in 2020. And I'm like, well, how do you know? Because let's let's be honest, if yeah. the sites aren't giving you their traffic, if, it was, if those logs were being published, then the, the pirate sites wouldn't be in business for very long. Correct. And I thought this was really interesting that this was from Torrent Freak, which we've brought a few different articles from in the past, yeah. that they're actually trying to do journalism, which I think yeah. is they're, they're biased, but they're pretty obvious about their bias, which makes them more valid journalism than most of what you get these days. Yes. And they point out that what was really down was the search engine traffic to the pirate sites, which is a different thing than saying traffic at the pirate sites was down. They're two totally different things, but I think maybe a lot of mainstream news still doesn't understand that there is a difference. And there was another article, which I had from torrent freak, which I thought was, this just kind of goes along with everything we talked about today and how the media covers things. This is from, again, a torrent site that uh, follows the business saying uh, 
police, anti-piracy groups, and sports companies fighting a battle not only to prevent private IPTV services from operating, but also to stop fans from becoming illegal streaming customers. Interestingly, a potent part of their arsenal consists only of carefully constructed words when delivered by the hands of the lazy and unscrupulous can be amplified to distort and mislead as a public as a publication entirely dedicated to reporting on copyright piracy torrents and streaming sites plus all things closely related here at torrent freak we aim to tell all sides of the story we do not shy away from reports that show piracy hurts sales and we have no problem publishing research projects that show completely the opposite it's called balanced reporting and it hurts absolutely no one and i'm like oh my god this is a bastion of light in a journalistic wasteland, and it's the torrent guys. I mean, it's propaganda. It's it's a press release. It's it's bullshit. But uh, I mean, at least they're being sincere about their bullshit. So I, yeah, I'm at least props. they're trying to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the point where they say, you know, we try to report all sides of a story, and nobody does that. Nobody. That's not possible. <laughs> For one thing, your articles would be Glenn Greenwald length and he doesn't even do it. But but, uh, you know, I applaud you for being self-aware. Yes, more so than almost any other media organization out there. And that's sad. But then again, the pirates will save us all right. Like the ham guys. It's what they do. Yeah. You got anything else? Uh, the last thing I have is, uh, it's real short. It is while, um, Congress and Trump are butting heads about what to do about these horrible, horrible social media companies and section 230 and the, the fact that the social media companies are gaslighting the entire population of the country with impunity and immunity from any kind of prosecution because uh, we're platforms. Um, and you know, it's a big thing where nothing's going to come of it because Congress can't accomplish anything because they're all fucking cucks. Um, <laughs> well, they kind of are, uh, the Russians have passed a law now. Um, Putin just signed it that, uh, allows the Russian department of communications or whatever their, their equivalent is, um, to create punishments or restrictions against any foreign companies that censor content related to quote nationality, language, or origin. Uh, what that means is that when uh, Twitter or Amazon or CNN comes out and says that Russia today is state sponsored media or something like that, and therefore decides to censor it. Um, now the Russian government is going to come down on them with sanctions or, or, restrictions or fines or if you believe our media they have the best hackers in the world that can do anything so i mean there's no the best hackers in the world are still at the cia or at least the most motivated ones not according to the media it's the russians but we've just spent an entire show talking about how the media are all lying fucks oh yeah i forgot yeah so um yeah uh american government isn't going to do shit about these Silicon Valley oligarchs, but uh, other governments in the world are starting to come out and be like, yeah, you guys are overstepping your bounds. You're starting to act like governments and um, we're going to declare war. And so if if these companies want to continue doing business in Russia, which is a pretty big market, um, they're either going to have to tone down the rhetoric or or come up with some kind of legal defense. Are we all going to need to learn Russian or have a really good 
uh, application to translate on the fly. And then we just use Russian Twitter because then you won't have any of your messages uh, flagged because it's a free speech. zone. it's going to be so sad if Russia is a free speech zone on Twitter and, but, uh, and reading them in Russian, even if you don't know Russian, will probably be more comprehensible than most of what goes on on Twitter anyway. And then you can have some vodka. And you'll feel really good. But this is how this is going in the world. You know, uh, this idea appeals more and more the more you talk about it. Yes, it's sounding better and better. I mean, then let's just, you know, say one thing about China, which is the guy that started Alibaba, you know, had the last time he's been seen in public, he was talking about how they need to change the system for the children and, you know, how the government's bad. And uh, he hasn't been seen since. So I'm just saying, uh, I don't care if you're a multi-billionaire. In China, if you say something against the government, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how important you are in in a sufficiently authoritarian regime, you can still be disappeared. You will disappear now, and that's it. That is it. There will be olives, net Ned. They're optional though, in the vodka, whatever. I mean, maybe you want a martini. Okay, you want to drink it straight? Just no bubblegum vodka. Sorry, no, none of that. No flavored vodkas. Not good. That's. uh that's, a good, that's as good a place as any is to, to cut this one off, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've run out of interesting stories. I have a bunch of uninteresting ones, but let's not push our luck. Yeah, save those for Friday. <laughs> save them for the next guest show. Yes. Uh, but with that said, until next time, thanks to everybody in the troll room for coming along live on these. Thanks to everybody listening in the comfort of your home whenever you want to listen to this by downloading Grumpy Old Ben's. Subscribe, review, tell a friend. Don't hit him in the mouth kick them in the nuts until next time i am darren o'neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america where chirac's getting colder but four more years of trump's gonna warm things up and from america's left coast where my disappearing act will be totally fake i hope i'm ryan pemrose (laughs) 